welcome everybody to our last podcast of 2023. This is recorded six days before the big man in a red coat and a white beard comes to see us. And we just have a general chat about what's happened in 2023 um, and some thoughts for 2024. So today it's me, Duncan Williams, and one of my business partners, John Newsom. So 2023 has been a very interesting year for markets. And for global economies, all sorts of things have been happening, which we have discussed in these podcasts over the last 12 months. And the key thing at the moment for investors, interest rates. There are a lot of mixed messages out there. There's a lot of people who are thinking, especially in the last few weeks, that uh, interest rates are going to drop. And that is being good news for, for global markets and stock markets have recovered a little bit. But John, do you think they are a bit premature? Do you think they are a little bit optimistic about where interest rates might go next year? Yes, I am. You can see that inflation leached into the system and now you're seeing it reduce. But I think the problem that the world economy now has is that it's now more volatile with regard to inflation. I mean, at the moment, oils, for example, have been coming down. But if, if you look at what's going on in the... Um, attacked so the issue now is you're going to have fuel coming on longer journeys that's going to be inflationary it's these kind of different incidents and i think the world is now more vulnerable to that kind of thing and and it's not just about oil but whatever's happening in the world i think the world is now more prone to inflationary spikes and that is going to be I think, a continued story. So, yeah, you may end up with, in some ways, rates can come down. But if you've got growth slowing, then that's naturally deflationary. So it might be good on the interest rate side, but it's not good on the demand side. It comes back to how keen are central banks going to be to maintain their inflation mandates. Now, of course, the, the Federal Reserve doesn't just have an inflation mandate. It's got an employment mandate as well. So it really is in a cleft stick. In my opinion, that kind of mandate is not very sensible because ultimately, which takes precedent? So I think central banks are going to find themselves probably with weakening demand. China doesn't look great. Yes, you might cut rates against that background, but if you then end up with these little forest fires of inflation, are you going to try and crush them or are you going to accept them? And if you've got a general background where demand is weakening, they may be ultimately prepared to run with higher inflation. It's not as if they haven't done it before. So I think we've ended up in a real mess where, coming back to your original question, I do think that the outlook for 2024 is really quite foggy and I wouldn't be necessarily expecting rate cuts. I know the Fed has been showing its dot plot and all the rest of it, but it could easily be derailed by these forest fires of inflation. We only need to see you know, cold winter weather in the Northern Hemisphere, for example, and all these major oil producers, well, not necessarily all of them, but... A lot of them are trying to cut back on, on volume to try and keep prices higher. That could be an issue as well. 
So I'm not getting too excited at the moment. And I don't think that means that anything interest rate sensitive is automatically due a re-rating that can actually endure. Just going back to something you said there, John, this morning, Moulin Mask, the cargo ship operator, has announced that they're not using the Suez at the moment. And most people will know this. That means going around the Cape of Good Hope, which A, will take a lot longer and B, cost a lot more. So it's those sort of little... This is the kind of thing that I'm talking about, which is that the world economy, I think, is more vulnerable to these flare-ups, wherever they come from, however they come from. I think a lot of folks are, are just assuming that, oh, we're, we're off to the races again and rate cuts will come. Yeah, I mean, I think it's very interesting. I mean, the the UK stock market this year has been particularly poor. It is, I think, positive at the moment, year, year to date. But the European stock markets they have increased by mid-teens and the Dow Jones hit an all-time high this week. The Federal Reserve do seem to have got inflation under better control and I think from what I can see there is a distinct possibility that they might have a soft landing but it's this country which concerns me. The CBI have predicted that there'll be no rate cuts until 2026. There's a a lot of organisations which are giving out mixed messages uh, I quite agree. You know, if you've got to cart, well, it doesn't matter whether it's oil or whether it's just stuff. If you've got to cart it all the way around the Cape of Good Hope to get it to, to Europe, it's going to make it a lot more expensive. You're lengthening supply chains and, and delivery dates. That is going to be inflationary one way or another. I mean, we saw what happened in the in pandemic to um, to supply chains. Yeah, it's all that kind of thing that I think the world is a lot more vulnerable to now. I'm far from convinced that sustainable rate cuts can actually be delivered. No, I agree with that. And we've said before, 1.6 million mortgages are to be reset in this country next year. The USA is buffered from that to a greater extent because they have 30-year mortgages. We concentrate on global companies and overseas markets, and I can't see that, that changing. The US is structurally, I think, in a much better position. It's one of the world's largest energy producers, which it can now export, certainly with LNG, with gas. They're more likely to look at the full employment or fuller employment mandate than, say, the Bank of England will. I mean, the Bank of England, for example, cannot allow inflation to start up again, whatever credibility they've got, which I would argue is not a lot. But whatever credibility they have, if it starts up again, they're finished, Bailey and his crew. So I think they have to be very, very tough on it. And I think they will be. I think the US will be rather more nuanced in how they deal with with rates. Right, John. Okay, well, let's move on. Let's talk about one or two things which have been in the news. Moody's, the rating agency, has downgraded banks in general, and Tari's have sold half their stake in Barclays, which they bought quite a long time ago. I wonder whether they've given up on Barclays. And on one of your favourite subjects, John, Jamie Diamond, who is the chief exec of JP Morgan uh, Chase, regards cryptocurrencies as a money laundering vehicle. That's just one of their disadvantages, isn't it? Or, or advantages, depending on which way you were looking at it. Um, it, it, it um, I agree with the late Charlie Munger. The whole thing is a scam, cryptocurrency. I would pronounce the word crypto. I'd put an A in there somewhere. 
And one of the other things which I saw was that Sixth, which is one of the biggest car rental companies around the globe, has dropped Tesla. Interesting that, I suspect. Did they say why? No, but I mean, you're struggling with the infrastructure. It's all right if you're keeping it local. And maybe it's something to do with the residuals. I don't know how they operate, whether they lease all the cars directly from Tesla or the depreciation on them has has increased. But I think that in 2024, that will be another thing to keep a very close eye on, progress of the electric car market. Yes, I think you've seen straws in the wind this year that all is not well with the electric car industry, whether we're talking about residuals, whether we're talking about infrastructure, whether we're talking about effective range, I would agree. So the world will be running on fossil fuels for a lot longer than many people have assumed for the simple reason that the Western lifestyle, whether it's going on holiday on uh, via aeroplane or whether it's a vehicle that can take you from Yorkshire down to Cornwall has to have an effective range. So if these things are not working, then people's lifestyles are going to have to change quite dramatically. Are people aware of that? Are they prepared to pay for what really is very expensive wind and solar powered electricity? I don't think that question's ever really been asked. So we're not saying anything new here, but I think this whole decarbonisation period of time that it's going to take will have to be lengthened. It makes far more sense to look at what's achievable rather than convincing yourself that some kind of fairy tale is going to be delivered. Decarbonisation everywhere around the world is going to take a lot longer, in my view, than a lot of people, I would say, lazily assumed. I just don't think it can happen. Let's move on to the financial services stroke investment management industry. The de-skilling continues with Barclays Investment Bank making 900 people redundant. One of the biggest providers of financial services in this country is raising a significant amount of money to buy out its retiring partners. In my view, it's having to buy a business which it already thought it owned, but who knows As people know who listen to this, one of my pet subjects is administration. We like to get our valuations out promptly to clients within seven to 10 days. All the tax information is dispatched towards the end of May each year. Evelyn Partners, which consists of Smith Williamson, Tilney and Best Invest, which are well-known, well-established names in the UK, announced yesterday they were transferring their admin stroke paperwork to India. From my own point of view, I think it is very, very important that you remain in control of your administration. And that's why we like to do our administration in Harrogate. And any issues can be sorted very quickly indeed. John, have you got any comments? Obviously, they've gone to India for cost reasons, I would assume. And they would say that the the supply chain in terms of getting things done quickly and accurately won't be compromised. I mean, it remains to be seen. But if you're still chasing a tax voucher long after the end of a tax year, there are obvious logistic issues if things have been contracted out, even if it was contracted out here, but if it's contracted out to another country, then the way I would look at it, you are potentially losing control of getting timely information. And, uh, you know, as you've said already, it's something that we always keep on top of here because we're in control of it. 
And one last point for this podcast. I noticed that Jacob Rees-Mogg's firm, Somerset Investment Management, is winding up. The funds, from what we could see, the Far Eastern funds have done okay, but unfortunately, one of the big organisations in the UK pulled its £2 billion mandate, which has meant that that business is no longer viable. It does make me wonder as to why that mandate has been pulled when, to me, the performance looks all right. I'm sure there'll be more of those sort of things next year, and we will be here to discuss those with you. Thank you very much indeed for listening today. We've discussed the economy, interest rates, inflation, as per usual, some would say. A little bit about the markets and a little bit about our industry specifically. And our next podcast in early January 2024, that's quite unbelievable, it's 2024, we will be discussing what we have been reading and seeing over the Christmas period, all the predictions which are made, and perhaps we might even make some of our own predictions. That's it from me and John for this year, and we wish everybody a happy Christmas and a prosperous new year. Yes, happy Christmas and a prosperous new year. This material shouldn't be considered as advice or an investment recommendation. You should consult an advisor regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority prior to making investment decisions. All investments carry a degree of risk. The value of any investment or income received from it can go up as well as down and you may not get back the amount invested. Information recorded within this podcast was accurate at the time of recording.